0: Welcome on into the Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. As always, we're in the podcast space. If uh, you want to listen to anything or you missed anything on the Mom Show today, go to kslmoms.com and uh, you can download the KSL News Radio app. You can find us on iTunes or Stitcher just by searching for KSL Moms as well. Um, today, we are talking about a topic that's always kind of hard to talk about, and that is uh, sexuality. And uh, we're also we're going to talk uh, desire, and we're also going to talk about how to talk to your kids. About sex shame free, and I have on the line Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife. She is an LDS sex therapist. Hi, Dr. Fife, how are you? Hi, Hi, good. I want to talk about this aspect of desire because I this is something you talk a lot about, and um, sometimes it feels like in our sexual relationships, it, it the desire can be off either it's one partner having a lot of it and the other partner not. Or it's, um, you know, just you're miscommunicating. What, what kind of affects our desire?
1: Yeah, well, I think a lot of people are sort of surprised by how challenging sexual desire can be once they get married. Sure. Um, and especially because when people are in the dating phase, uh, sexual desire seems easy. And sometimes, given whatever your values are, sometimes too easy. Like you don't want all the sexual <laughs> feelings that you have if you're uh, living within a standard of committed sexuality. And I'm not just talking about those who practice abstinence and then move into marriage. I'm talking about meaning shifts that shape desire from the pre-marriage falling in love stage versus committed love. And so these are meaning shifts that happen cross-culturally. But I think, you know, there's a lot of factors at play, but I think something that helps us to understand the shift in context that happens from pre-marriage to marriage And, you know, when you're in the premarital state, uh, sexual desire is something that happens to you. Um, So many of the factors that drive desire are alive in the dating phase, and that is, like, the uncertainty. Mm. You don't know if that person's into you. The novelty, this is someone, you know, you've never touched or kissed before. also the forbidden nature of desire sometimes can be, um, can drive desire. There's like a barrier to access or something, and that's, you know, the absence of any obligation. You know, it's freely chosen, and I think also the feeling of being desired, like when someone desires you in that premarital state, it feels like it's a validation of who you are. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And desiring them also feels good. It feels like it's expanding your sense of self. And so desire premaritally makes you feel more alive. It makes you feel really connected to this validating person. So it feels very good. It feels very expansive. Um, Once you get married, a lot of those factors can shift. And I think particularly so for women, for the way that many women have been socialized around their sexuality. But I think, first of all, the novelty has faded, mm-hmm. right? This is no longer like, oh, I wonder what he's like. Sometimes you know too much about mm. what he's like. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I think the predictability has increased, uh, which often, you know, feels too routine or boring. And I, then I think because of the way that many women have related to their sexuality is that they – feel or have been taught that they are less, legitimate, uh, less legitimately sexual than men are. Mm. That is, that their sexuality is somewhat of a threat to their femininity or their goodness mm. in a way that's not true in the same degree as for men. And, so, and then oftentimes women have been taught this idea that their sexuality exists to take care of men and to manage men's desire. Mm. Right, That their desire is more of a response to men's desire or their sexuality is in response to men's sexuality. And so when you have seen your sexuality that way, then not only is there sometimes a loss for women upon entering marriage because no longer being a virgin sometimes can feel like they've lost something, rather than gain something, Mm. that their sense of value can go down because there's sort of this feeling that their virtue or their goodness is linked to not being sexual. But then also that their sexuality exists to please a man. Now instead of sexual desire feeling expansive, it starts to feel constrictive. It starts to feel like you have to manage this person and his desires all the time, and you've got to, you know, keep him happy with you then it starts to feel like sex is service, not pleasure.
0: Mm.
1: You know, sex is about managing another person, Mm. and that's a lot like doing dishes (laughs) and, (laughs) and doing that kind of work, and that's not desirable, right? And so instead of feeling expansive like you did in the dating phase, you start feeling like you're disappearing, kind of, or that you're just being utilized. And so that's a lot of what shifts for many women, like you can't belong to yourself while you're being sexual. Mm. So, you know, I think that's at least a big piece of it.
0: Wow. So much to digest there. (laughs) Um, We're talking with Jennifer finlayson Fife. She is an LDS sex therapist, uh, but we're talking specifically about um, desire and maybe when there's a lack thereof, but desire happens differently when you're in the premarital love stage versus a married, committed relationship stage, and that is cross-cultural. And for a lot of moms, probably after having kids, and there's kind of this shift in sexuality once you have children, right? Can you speak to that a little bit?
1: Sure. So, I mean, I think that, you know, as I just spoke about a second ago, that after marriage, your relationship to your sexuality and yourself can change. But I think this can be even more pronounced for some upon having a baby, and I think this is for several reasons. I think that the first is the sheer biological demands, <laughs> sure. which are real and significant, the sleep deprivation, the exhaustion, the time demands. I think the, the difficulty of finding time for yourself is a very important thing, It is a, is a very important factor because when you don't feel like you belong to yourself because there are so many needs around you it's much harder to cultivate desire and i think that another factor so those are the kind of you know very real pressures that are on women uh when they have young children yeah i i also think though that a lot of women have been taught that being a good mother is to be desireless and sexless Mm. and not just desireless in the sexual realm, like desireless in their lives, in a sense. That kind of the idea that their desires are selfish or a potential threat to their spouses and their children. Sure. So we, we kind of like this idea of that selflessness is equivalent to goodness, that desirelessness is equivalent to goodness, that accommodating other people's wants and feelings and desires is what it is to be a desirable woman or a Mm. good woman. Mm. And so this can be true for women just as they get married, but then it can become doubly true once they become mothers. And so a lot of women start sort of stripping themselves of their sexuality and of their desires in an effort to keep the peace or to live up to what they think they've been told they ought to be or maybe out of their own anxieties about the legitimacy of their desires, sexual and otherwise. And so there's this kind of stripping of self that happens that makes, uh, you know, accommodation, sexual accommodation possible, perhaps, but not sexual desire, not really feeling like, hey, I really want this aspect of my life to be alive and well. And, and some people do it even in an effort to kind of feel like they're pre- creating a safe, that sexuality and safety are almost antithetical. Mm. And so, you know, it can be a real psychological challenge for a lot of good women.
0: Yeah. And I think probably a lot of women don't even realize that it's a thing. And that's kind of why I wanted to have this conversation today. Point being, if if you're having issues with your own desire in your relationship, these things could be happening to you and you, you may not even realize it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And a lot, a lot of us are moving into these roles of wifehood and motherhood and sort of picking up messages that we would never even really articulated to ourselves. We didn't consciously much,
0: choose them. Yeah, they just, that's right. yeah,
1: that's right. And they're very much shaping how we're in relationship to ourselves, to our children and to our spouses.
0: We're talking with Dr. Jennifer Finlayson-Fyfe, Fife, is a sex therapist. She works primarily with LDS uh, clients, but these are issues that affect women cross-culturally. But we're talking about this issue of desire today. Uh, We need to take a break, but I want to come back and talk about, okay, now what do we do? (laughs) We've recognized all these things. How do we develop more desire? What are some things we can do? Um, We'll be right back on The Mom Show. You've joined The Mom Show. Being a mom can be tough sometimes. We try to make it easier. Here's Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio. Welcome back into the Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. As always, we're online at kslmoms.com. You can download all of our past episodes and you can subscribe to our podcast, which you get bonus content that doesn't air on the radio in between our weekly episodes. So I'd highly encourage you to do that. Um, we are talking uh, with an LDS sex therapist today. Her name is Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife. Hi, Dr. Fife. How are you? Good, thanks. Let's just recap really quick. What are some factors that we talked about sort of affecting our desire, that affect desire in women?
1: Yeah, well, some of the things we, we talked about in the last segment was just this shift from pre into marriage and the kinds of shifts of the meaning of sexuality. The meaning that we give to sexuality deeply impacts how desirable it is to us. Mm. And that the meanings in the premarital realm are about expansion of self And often the way that many of us, and particularly women, relate to our sexuality or the kinds of messages we've inherited and internalized mean that often the way we relate to sexuality once we're married, as in servicing a husband or managing his desire and your sexuality is only legitimate in as much as it reinforces his, that that is a kind of constrictive meaning and Mm -hmm. that it's a meaning that makes us not enjoy sex that makes us like sex about like we like, you know, doing the dishes. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of times these meanings are alive that are impacting our desire and in ways we can't fully keep track of. And often we just land at the meaning of I must be defective There's something wrong with me that he seems to be fine with it and I'm not. Right. What we're often not seeing is that there are meanings that are alive and well in ourselves and in the marriage that are keeping us from relating to our sexuality in a happier and more joyful way.
0: We're talking with Dr. Jennifer Finlayson-Fyfe, Fife, is a sex therapist. She works a lot with LDS clients. Um, So, okay, we've identified that some of these things exist, some factors that affect desire and and specifically maybe to women. Um, How do we Fix it. How do we <laughs> develop more desire? Yeah.
1: Well, I would say you want to kind of first figure out uh, what is at play, okay, because there's a lot of factors that can be at play. There are biological factors, but but many times people think there's a biological problem when none exists. Sure. And biological factors can be related to your physical health, when you're sick, um, Depression can be a factor. Antidepressants can be a factor. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes there are meanings alive that are going to be interfering, and nailing down what those meanings are is really important. And so I think about them maybe from about three different frames. Um, Like what's your relationship to your sexuality as a woman? How accepting of, of it are you? How comfortable are you with your sexual nature, which often, you know, Many of us are uncomfortable with it, sure. even though we're being sexual. Yeah. The other, And I'll, think, I'll talk about how we can address each of these things, but I think the other relationship to consider is your relationship to your own desirability. So not just to sexual sexuality and desire, but your own sense of your desirability. Because many times we as women feel bad about ourselves or feel unworthy or we don't feel that we would be a good choice. And so even if our spouse really does desire us, we can think we're being used in part because we don't see ourselves as a good choice, mm. as a desirable person, as someone that it would be enjoyable to be sexual with. To That's be a very
0: to. existential inward question, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, that you have right. to address.
1: Right. And oftentimes when we don't feel good about ourselves, we look to the people around us to manage that. Sure. If we don't feel desirable, we look to our spouse to prove to us that we are. And I think there's, You know, it certainly feels good to get people's validation and for them to tell us how appealing we are or desirable we are. But we do need to deal with that question inside of ourselves as well to carry the kind of comfort with ourselves and acceptance of ourselves that we can feel comfortable being desired, that we can feel comfortable being known sexually.
0: Yeah. I like asking questions to myself just like, why? Like not not judgment, not like you're broken for feeling this way, but just questions of, I wonder why I feel that way.
1: Yes, exactly. So I think that that's a a very, very good question, a way of saying it, because I think a lot of times when things are not working, we just slam judgment down onto it. Like what's wrong with me? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with us? Um, Rather than what is happening that I don't feel comfortable with who I am what is difficult for me about receiving goodness from my husband or other people in my life? Hmm. Why am I not comfortable with my sexuality? What is it about it that scares me or that I'm uncertain about? Because those questions, um, surprisingly, oftentimes people don't ask themselves those questions. They they stay in a lot of judgment, but they don't get more curious about their situation. And I think it's limits their ability to start solving things or addressing things. So I think the other factor to think about is what's your relationship to your spouse. Um, that can affect desire as well. You know, women, actually, if I were to say of men and women who have more sexual capacity, I would say women have more sexual capacity. Really? They definitely, oh, yes. Women definitely have higher sexual capacity. So, if they think there's something off in their sexual relationship, if it's not clear to them that this is about being loved, chosen, and desired, they're going to be much less likely to want it and to open themselves up to it and to express their deep sexual capacity. When women feel deeply loved and deeply desired, and they have a sense of being, uh, uh, if they have a sense of themselves that is strong enough and solid enough to take that in, in from a loving spouse. They're going to like sex. Because okay. It's so, a wonderful and expansive meaning.
0: Yeah, I think that's the key there, because I'm, I'm hearing you speak, and I'm thinking, okay, well, this is my partner having to make me feel desired. But at the same time, right. I'm supposed to feel desirable. How do I do both right. of those
1: things? That's right. And so if you don't feel desirable, see because exactly, you we want this idea that good people will fill us up and make us feel sufficient. It doesn't work, because if you don't feel worthy of that goodness, you're going to reject it. You may still invite the validation, but you won't take it in and let it expand you. Mm. And so it is an act of um, love and development to increase your sense of legitimacy and worthiness and um, as an equal in your marriage, as an equal to others in your life. And so if you don't feel good about yourself, you don't feel worthy of receiving, many of us feel resentful about that, meaning if we might function as unequals in our marriages and then be resentful towards our spouse, rather than dealing with our participation in that dynamic, Mm. why am I acting less than? Why am I unclear that I deserve that our sexual relationship would include my desires as mm. well. Mm. You know, what do I need to address in myself to be clear about being a real equal to my spouse? What do I need to address in myself to be clear that I'm a desirable woman, that I'm a good choice?
0: Dr. Jennifer finlayson Fife, uh, she is a therapist and an LDS uh, sex therapist. We're going to come back and switch gears a little bit. I want to get into talking, since we're talking on The Mom Show today, about um, talking to your kids about their sexuality and doing it in a shame-free way because a lot of times um, we just say, no, don't think, don't look, don't touch, don't do anything with our sexuality, but sometimes that cannot be healthy um, as our kids grow up. So we'll talk about that coming back on The Mom Show.